amazingly, God chose to use a frail creature. When God wanted to prepare the way for his son, his beloved son, he sent a man. Today in the church, we're busy looking for new methods. New methods. How did your church grow? How can I get to my church to grow? Methods. God is looking for men. The eyes of the Lord, I read in Second Chronicles verse 9 of chapter 16. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro over the face of the whole earth, looking for a man whose heart is completely his. God sent a man. God is looking for men. He still is. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue our special Christmas celebration with part two of the message titled, There Came a Man Sent from God. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples. Now John has long since, he's, he's rotting in the jail. And Jesus is busy ministering, sending out his 12. He departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples. His disciples came to him and he said, go. He sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or shall we look for someone else? Wow. That's a question. That's a real question. This one who spoke with such authority started to waver and say, this isn't the way I expected it to turn out. Are you the Christos or not? Are you the coming one or should we look for someone else? You can imagine, can you not? Day after day, rotting in prison, and we know what's going to happen. He's at the whim of the head of the state. And then I want an ugly whim. Get his head. Bring it on a platter. No, he struggled with this. Are you the coming one or not? Notice, don't miss this. Notice how Jesus answered him. Jesus answered and said to them, John's disciples, go and report to John the things which you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, The deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus didn't even go visit him in jail. Jesus sent his disciples and said, Go tell John Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. He just gave him some scripture. And blessed, verse 6, is he who keeps from stumbling over me. Sixth, he was not successful by human metrics. Seven, I'm going to skip it. I'm going to save it. We'll come back to it. He was a man. He was sent by God. He was to bear witness He spoke with amazing authority. He spoke about Christ, and he wasn't very successful by man's standards. I want us to learn, and then we'll come back and look at seven. 
But let's take a look at it again. Because as I said, he's an example for us. He was a man. So are you. So am I. Male, female. We are man. We are humans. Amazingly, God chose to use a frail creature. When God wanted to prepare the way for his son, his beloved son, he sent a man. Today in the church, we're busy looking for new methods. New methods. How did your church grow? How can I get to my church to grow? Methods. God is looking for men. The eyes of the Lord, I read in Second Chronicles verse 9 of chapter 16, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro over the face of the whole earth looking looking for a man whose heart is completely his. God sent a man. God is looking for men that still is. Secondly, John was sent by God. So are we. Look at John 20. Turn to John 20. When Jesus rose, I told you that every gospel begins with John, the Baptist, And every gospel ends, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, with Jesus Christ sending us. We call it the Great Commission. Okay? Uh, We are sent by God. In John 20, here it is in John, he's risen and he comes and sees the men and they're blown away. He's alive. And verse 21 Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And this isn't limited merely to the eleven or the ten that gathered. Thomas wasn't there. If you read the account, uh, he got he had to, he had to, he was doubting Thomas because of that. You know, he said, I haven't seen it yet. But He's not just sending, he didn't just pray for these guys. He said, I pray for those whom you've given me. I pray for them and for those who will believe in their name, in my name because of their witness. He prayed for us and he has sent us. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. John was sent by God, so are you, Christian. So am I. Thirdly, John came to bear witness. So, why are we still here? (laughs) The day you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven. You're a new creature in Christ. You're fit for heaven. Every spiritual blessing. We were praying, a bunch of us, in the morning one day this week, and the prayer was just so good about that. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We're ready for heaven. Now, I know we're not sanctified yet. He's got a long ways to go, so he leaves us here to sanctify us. But I don't care how long you've known the Lord. In fact, the more you know the Lord, the more you know he's got a lot of work left to do in me. (laughs) I've been walking with the Lord now for two decades, someone could say. And if they've been walking with the Lord, they say, oh, Lord, change me. Oh, And he promises he will sanctify us entirely, body, soul, spirit, at the day of Christ. But we're ready for heaven. Why doesn't he just take us there? Because there's work to do down here. 
Paul said, it would be much better. I desire to depart and be with Christ. It is very much better. But I'm hard-pressed. Because why? He left us here. The church. Every Christian. We are here to witness. We are to be light in the darkness. This world is dark. If someone says, why did light need a witness? Because it was dark. He came to bear witness. He wasn't the light, but he came to point people to bear witness to the light. That's why I'm still here. That's why you're still here. Fourthly, he spoke. John spoke with authority. We should too. When Jesus commissioned us in Matthew 28, he said, he started by saying this, all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now go under my authority and make disciples of all the nations. So we thrill that Gary was praying for guys in Costa Rica and East Asia and Middle East and Africa and our outreach that we have a chance to be a part of in these dark days. We can be part of getting that light out. We're here to witness, and we can do so with authority because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now go do it. We can do it with clarity. We can do it with power because the same Holy Spirit who lived in John, John was no super-duper guy. He was a guy. He was a man, a mere man, born of a woman. But he spoke with power. Why? Because he spoke in the power of the Holy Spirit. The man of God used the Word of God by the Spirit of God to speak of the Son of God, and that's what we're to do. And Jesus was so clear on that. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you another helper, but don't leave the city. Are you still in John 1? Uh, I'm not. (laughs) Glance across the page at Luke 24 from John 1, the last chapter of Luke. And after he commissioned them, he said, Behold, I'm sending forth, verse 49, the promise of my Father upon you. But you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. (laughs) Don't even leave town. Until you're clothed with power from on high. Stay here. And that's the way the book of Acts opens, by the way. All four gospels give the commission. And then the book of Acts picks up the strand. And he says in verse 4 of Acts 1, Don't leave the city until the Holy Spirit has come. And ten days later, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And he said, You, when he comes... When the Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses here in town, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the earth. John was conscious that God told him to speak. You and I have been told to speak. John had been told what to speak. You and I have been told what to speak. Look at John 20 again. I'm sorry to move you around so much, but I'll just read it. You don't have to turn there. He said, As the Father sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. He tied this commission with the coming Spirit. 
And then he said, if you forgive the sins of any... This is a mind-blowing verse, verse 23 of John 20. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they've been retained. Is he setting these guys up? Is he setting us up to have some sort of little religion where we can say, your sins are forgiven, yours aren't, I absolve you? Man has done that. But man should never do that. But at the same time, I can tell you today, you can have your sins removed. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are gone. I have God's Word on it. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. His Word will not. And if you spurn Christ, I don't care how nice a guy you are, how many good deeds you've done, if you spurn Christ, you retain your sins. You're still in your sins. And I'm watching people, and you are too, die and go into eternity. We don't talk much about eternity today. Whether we talk about it or not, it's real. We're created in the image of God. Now, if you spurn the Son, then you are still in your sins. This is the gospel. He said he gave us what to tell people. He said this message, repentance for forgiveness of sin. I proclaim to you today you can be forgiven. That's the message we have that John pointed to him and said, there's the Lamb of God. He'll take away your sin. Fifthly, he didn't speak just with authority. He spoke of Christ. Let me tell you, open your mouth. Talk about Jesus. Oh, it's easier to talk about the man upstairs or there must be a God that's good. Get it out. But talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to glorify Christ. And he energizes when we... And real preaching in a pulpit like this is always about Christ. And real witnessing, wherever it is, in the workplace, in a family meal, you name it. It's always about Christ. The message is a person, not a philosophy. Jesus. John spoke about Jesus. We should too. And he wasn't successful. He wasn't successful in man's eyes, in human accounting. There's not many believers today in comparison to unbelievers. And when John ministered, he ended up in a prison and his head was brought on a platter at that party. Um, turn to Matthew 11. Turn to Matthew 11. John died. He was killed. Uh, so was Paul. <laughs> they beheaded him. Nero did. All in Asia deserted me, he wrote to Timothy in his last letter. At my first defense, no one supported me. We look at these guys and we think, wow, what a great, popular, successful ministry. No, at the end of the line, Paul said, you're aware of the fact, Timothy, that all who are in Asia, all who are in Asia, think about that, have left me. Peter was, we're told, crucified. We know Jesus said, you're going to be Peter. And we were told by history that Peter said, "I, I can't be killed that way. And they killed him. They crucified him upside down in Rome. Uh, Moses didn't even get to go into the promised land. You look through the history 
of man. We said we spent it in, in, in Hebrews 11, didn't we? Men of whom the world was not worthy. Men and women who were watched, who were tortured, who went about in goatskins, destitute. Have you struggled with that? You might be feeling right now, my I I want to I want to witness for Christ, but I'm not seeing many results. And you feel like you're just kind of off in a corner, no one remembers you. And uh, ultimately, Jesus Christ hung on a cross, and the sky went dark. Now, success in man's eyes is quite different than success in God's eyes. And that brings me to number seven with John and with you and me. The final the final accounting. Matthew 11. You see, the final accounting will not be what people think. It won't be what the news media thinks. It won't be by man's metrics. It won't be how the church evaluates. I speak to myself and I speak to vocational ministers. The church is not the final arbiter. You know, we Christians, what do we think? We kind of vote on what's important and stuff. Those aren't the real issues. The real issue, the real issue, is what does Jesus Christ think? What does God Almighty think? What does this one with the eyes of flame Revelation says he's got x-ray eyes. He can see right through our motives and our so-called successes. And he said, you know, the first are going to be last. The last are going to be first. It's going to be a big shuffle of the deck. That's what he said. And in Matthew, just notice this. John said, are you the coming one or not? Should we be looking for someone else? And Jesus said, you go tell John. Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. I'll give you the scripture. And blessed is he who keeps from stumbling on me, verse 6. But then read on. Look at verse 7. As they were going away, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning him. Jesus said, go back and tell John. Then he turned to the public. And he said, what did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed? Shaken by the wind, a little weather vane that gives people what they want to hear. (laughs) But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Man, he's making a lot of money. He's got the nicest clothes. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. What did you go out to see? To see a prophet? Yeah, I tell you. And more than a prophet. You went out to see a man who dressed in goatskins and ate, ate grasshoppers and honey. You went out to see a real man of God, a prophet. This is the one about whom it was written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, Malachi 3, verse 1, who will prepare your way before you. That's who you went out to see. And truly, I say to you, verse 11, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater 
than he. The final accounting is what counts. And Jesus said, let me tell you something truly. There's no one greater than John who's been born of women. You see, God isn't looking for greatness. He's looking for faithfulness. Well done, good and great one. No, he doesn't say that. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You, what, what, what was he rewarding there? Quiet Christian living. Quiet godly living. Bold godly living that maybe doesn't have any real impact, so it seems. Now, if you're struggling today with the meaninglessness of what's going on in our world and things, heads delivered on platters for no reason, so it seems, if you're, take heart. The Lord sees everything and he said, you know, and he says, I'm going to reward and I'm going to say, well done, good and faithful one. God is looking for faithfulness. And you and I are called to witness of Jesus Christ faithfully, boldly, in the power of the Spirit. We're to talk about His Son. We're to point to His Son. As a church, we point to His Son. It may not draw the huge crowds. His Santa gets better, you know, interest. We, we drove all around the neighborhoods the other night, and we didn't see hardly anything except candy canes and Santa. And Disney junk. I Sorry. Disney's a nice guy, and I like Disney. I'm, I'm not against Disney. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not about Goofus and Pluto. <laughs> it's about Christ. He came for us. And there is joy when you realize this. And you and I are called to be his witnesses. And he told us what to speak. If you're here without him, you can be forgiven. Repentance for forgiveness of sins. Turn from your sin to Jesus Christ, and he'll forgive you. That's why we're joyous. We've been forgiven. And if you know Christ, take a good look at this man, John, and follow his example. You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, There Came a Man Sent from God, a message from our special Christmas series. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. Since Christmas is falling on a Sunday this year, we'd like to let you know that our Sunday Christmas service will be at 11 a.m. Sunday, December 25th. There's more information available at our website at swbible.org. We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. It's a 266-page chapter-by-chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org 
or by mail at P.O. Box 19191, Portland, Oregon, 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. We're thankful that you've chosen to listen to us on this station, and we invite you to downtownbible.org to download or listen to any past program or to subscribe to our daily podcast. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. John's been saying, get ready, he's coming. And now he says, there's one among us. There's one among you. Stands. He stands among us, and you don't know him. Sadly, that's still the case. Most people in Portland don't know him. But John said, it's he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. I often point out, and I, I'll, I will right now, that these things took place in time and space. God came to earth. The Word became flesh. It happened. It was as if he said it was between Tigard and West Lynn. You know, you go, oh, really? He says, yeah, this happened in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, verse 29, he saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John says, point blank, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Jesus didn't just uh, appear on the scene. He, wasn't, he didn't begin in Bethlehem. Now, he's existed from all eternity. That's where John started. Join us again next time as we continue our Christmas celebration. Pastor Scott brings part three of the message titled, There Came a Man Sent from God. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.